0: the baller, my life is more than money and jewelry. My stories so crazy, dog. I said make a movie. Behind the baller, I went from playing sports to exotic whips you gotta tell me, dog. I know i the shit. Behind the baller, my life is more than money and jewelry. My stories so crazy, dog. I said make a movie. Behind the baller, I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home at last. Behind the baller. Yo yo, what up, everybody? You are now listening to another brand new episode of the world-famous, award-winning Behind the Baller podcast. I am your host, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble, a.k.a. the Korean John Cusack, a.k.a. the Korean Liam Neeson, a.k.a. the original Wash Lord, a.k.a. the K-Town Hustler. We are coming to you live and direct from the City of Angels, This is a globally ranked show. That means we are a top show in many countries. Yo, we're popping in Africa, Brazil, the Philippines, Australia. We're even ranked in Russia. And of course, your boy is top 40 in the USA. All right. Your boy, meaning me. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 155. Yo, this is a big one, people. You know, we've had tons of celebs on here Uh, We've had entrepreneurs All that, okay We've had a lot of pro athletes And look, we've even had some legit 12s on here But today, we got the Prez on BTB Yes, sir That would be Jamal Adams This motherfucker, man Yo, amazing interview More about that in a minute But yo, Before we jump into that interview, and I know we usually do like a 20, 30 minute intro and then get into the guest feature, but this interview is so good. I just want to say a few things and then jump right into it, okay? Because this interview is that meaningful to me. And uh, yo, listen, man, the first thing I got to say is salute to my comrade Joe Button. Joe has taken his podcast to now to Patreon or is it Patreon? I don't know. And it's pay to play, right? It's behind a paywall. And I think that's where a lot of things are going to go. And anything that's really good just ain't going to be free anymore. Except fucking air, right? Um, My boy, Mac Rapport, he did that, obviously, with Luminary a couple years ago. I supported him. If you, you know, really fuck with somebody and podcast listeners are the most loyal, you know, you'll pay. Whether it be $5, $10 a month, I don't know. But Joe has also gone fully independent, You know, just when you thought he was getting that big bag at Spotify, and it was a nice little check, you know what I'm saying? That was like a coach bag to him, all right? My dude, Joe, done upgraded to a Goyard duffel filled with M's, all right? And more importantly, he's now got ownership of his content, all right? And also, Patreon has made him the head of creative there, okay? So, yo, congrats, Joe, for the culture, truly, truly. You did it your way. Um, you've been doing this your way. And it ain't like you new to this. You were podcasting years before me. You are probably one of the most articulate, well-versed guys I've met in the hip-hop, right? In the world. And very few people in your career or in rap have had the career at 40, especially after rap, all right? So just, again, salute. Congrats to Maul and Rory, too. But, yo, now, on to other news, as some of you may know, I mentioned it here first, right, before my social media, I picked up my brand new Ferrari SF90 Stradale, finally. That bitch was sitting in customs for a few days at service, getting pdi Now, if you don't know how this works for, um, you know, different exotic cars at different ports, like McLaren is based out in Virginia, Ferrari is based out in Jersey. So what happens is, if you just get your car from Italy, you, you know, you spec one out, boom, Um, and you don't pay for the fast shipping, meaning you don't air freight it out, Uh, it goes on a slow boat, and when it goes on a slow boat, it goes to Jersey. Then from Jersey, it gets inspected, boom, and then it goes into a trailer. From Jersey, it goes all the way to the fucking wherever the fuck you live And I'm in Cali, so I'm across the entire country. Fuck that. Had that bitch flown in, and it went to LAX. That motherfucker spent, you know, a few days at service getting pdi They had to go through all kinds of shit. It was the first one that... Beverly Hills Ferrari had got Beverly Hills I owned South Bay for Los Angeles, Ferrari Westlake uh, They had Silicon Valley I don't know but it was the first one For their group So um, I had a lot of mixed thoughts Going through my head on delivery day And it was a weird day I was just really anxious to get this fucking car And it was like late afternoon But once I got in that motherfucker And I really drove that bitch Man Yo This is for sure the fastest car that i've ever driven okay this is the fastest car i've ever owned in my life and you already know i've owned two hypercars and those two pre- hypercars are pretty much the thanos of exotics right those are like that's the the motherfucking apex of all exotic uh whatever you fucking want to call it okay but this sf90 is a fucking tasmanian devil for real okay it's quick at the pedal the touch quick but more importantly, it has simplified the dashboard. Everything is kind of right there in, in the front of your screen. It's got a heads-up display. Ferrari's never done that before. It has the 2022 level technology that no other exotic car has, and it's smoother, meaning the overall ride is smoother than any car of this caliber, okay? So now I'm actually torn, right? Because you already know I said, I'm just going to fucking sell this bitch, fuck it, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm good, fuck, I need another, you know, this is a money move, right? But do I still sell it now? Like, I love this car, right? It's the only black, black in California. And uh, I realized anytime I made a rush decision, it was never really that great, right? Even though I'm a quick thinker, like, the ball's in my court, fuck am I, like, rushing for, you know? And bottom line is, somebody has to pay top dollar to get this bitch, right? So I'ma drive this motherfucker for a little bit Uh, Definitely take to Malibu This Sunday right? Sunday at Malibu You already know at the Country Mart Which is kind of a fucked up situation Even though the city's open shit up um, Or LA County They still kind of are uh, regulating The uh, sheriffs over there They're really on that bullshit But everyone goes to the Whole Foods parking lot now I'm gonna bring the SF90 out there Because no one's even seen one yet But uh, yeah I don't think I'ma rush this one Uh I did get an offer last night for $800,000. And to be honest, the car is that dope. Like it wasn't just no like, oh, I'm just going to get rid of it. And yes, by the way, I did pay for it with Bitcoin. And uh, the funny thing is, after getting so many Ferraris, you know, you finally get a car at MSRP. People don't understand the the way that works, but um, MSRP on the car was around 600 grand and change, right? But the amount of Bitcoin I came out of my pocket for originally was around sixty thousand. So not only did I win on that, but you know, it's already got a two hundred thousand dollar plus premium on top of that. So when I do sell it or I figure it out, I'm probably gonna get around 24, 25 Bitcoin uh in today's market. You know what I'm saying? Unless Bitcoin goes crazy and whatever and it ends up being five Bitcoins. Who fucking knows? Right. But the car really is awesome. Right. And no, I'm not gonna sell my Senna But do I need both? Maybe. (laughs) Um, I did trade in my Porsches, and uh, I have no regrets about it. Don't give a fuck. But Grace Jones, a.k.a. the Senna, a.k.a. Black Bomba, a.k.a. K-Town Destroyer 8, has to stay. Speaking of cars, I know I was going to get into this fucking interview. Sorry, I just thought about this right now. Um, I did post some pics on my Range Rover Supercharged autobiography with 6,700 miles. And guys, remember, this is a big body. This ain't the little sport, the cute baby mama joint, you know what I'm saying? The Instagram model girl. No, this is the big boy, the classy joint, okay? I want less than market value for it, right? Like low market. I want. I just don't give a fuck. I'm asking for wholesale. I just want it gone. So if any of you guys are interested, anyone knows, someone that wants a 2019 Black on black Range Rover. Remember, this is the new body. In 2019, they refreshed it. They changed the lights, changed a couple accents. They changed the entire interior to LED screens and everything. It's got the new key, all that stuff. The big body joint, okay? Fully loaded, rear entertainment, panoramic roof. 22 has got all that shit. Look, I will take 120,000. I don't give a fuck, and that is firm. There is no, and I mean no wiggle room. Okay, the last car that had this or the closest to this type of, of mileage and this build sold for 138 grand. Okay, so definitely I'm asking for a cool ass price. There's no negotiation. I paid 170 grand for this bitch. I don't give a fuck. I just need to get it gone. Uh, I got picks ready and whoever buys it, I'll make sure that bitch is detailed and has a full tank of premium gas in it. Okay, because I need to make new space for a, for a new sedan. Anyways, now, for Jamal, um, I've heard rumors from ex-Jet fans, from people inside the industry that, you know, whatever, I've seen uh, the media try to bash my dude, seen the Jets try to talk shit, or I'm sorry, I'll try, they did. And look, I deal with hate daily. You guys know this, come on, you guys ain't stupid, especially for you day one BTB army cats. I'm different though, Right? Your frowns and your slander, that shit makes me smile. Okay. This guy, look, man, from just the several combos, the conversations I've had with Prez, yo, this is a conscious brother. This is a dude who actually cares. All right. Fuck the talent. Okay. You obviously know this is a, this is literally a one of a kind, God given, level talent insanely good at what he does but i'm talking about the personality the personal pe- and no one should even give a fuck if he ain't out there fucking you know beating people up killing murder fucking robbing people doing other shit that's bad look man who gives a fuck dude is a solid guy from what i've known look he loves his family loves his mom he was even cautious about his speech in respect to his mom he's like yo, my mom i listen to this so like how could you false judge this dude you know like he loves seattle he loves my favorite team the seahawks of course and we get all into it all right in a very short 40 minute interview are you guys ready yo miles i think the btb army is ready for jamal adams man let's get into this motherfucker right now Men across America love Tommy John underwear because they keep everything in place. No more flopping or sticking to yourself. And women love that they make them look so good. In 2021, you can make everyone happy with Tommy John. When you start every morning in Tommy John underwear, you're that much more comfortable. So that means you could do everything better. Trade out whatever cheap underwear was sliding down and riding up last year for Tommy John to finally get the comfort you deserve. With dozens of comfort innovations, once you've tried Tommy John underwear, you're never going back. That's why Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have fanatics. What kind of innovations? Try breathable, lightweight, moisture-wicking fabric, with four times the stretch of the competing brands so it moves with you tommy john underwear comes with a non-rolling waistband for the perfect fit the legs never ride up and each of tommy john's 13 million pairs of underwear sold are covered by a no wedgie guarantee i rock tommy john and you should too plus There's no risk with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee. Try Tommy John today and if you don't love them, they're free. Go to TommyJohn.com slash baller and save 15% on your first order. Go right now. Save 15% right now at TommyJohn.com slash baller. That's tommyjohn.com slash baller to save 15% on your first order. See site for details. Yo, 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 you are tuned in to the world famous Behind the Baller podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, BTB Army, we got a very special guest today. Twelves, are you ready? The 2021 Pro Bowler, the hardest hitting QB crushing safety in the NFL. Plays for my beloved Seattle Seahawks, Jamal Adams. Yo, Prez, what's good, baby?
1: Yo, yo, yo. What's good, brother? How you doing,
0: man? I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling, man. I'm just, you know, excited about this interview, fam.
1: No doubt, man. Let's let's get into it.
0: Let's get right the fuck into it. So, my bro, when did you first realize that you were going to be a professional football player?
1: Man, the first... First time I really realized, man, that I had the potential, What is at a young age, man, I would have to say around eight. I've always had the vision of being one of the greatest to do it or making it to the NFL, but I knew I had potential, man, at a young age, man, and I always just ran with it. There was nothing that was going to stop me, you know what I mean? And I've always had that focus and I've always had that mentality um, to go get it no matter what. No matter what anybody says that, you know, you can't do it, whatever the case may be, man, I always had my mind made up of where I wanted to be, what my goal was. um, And, you know, I just chased it, man. I I kept chasing it. And here we are, man. It's reality.
0: Hold hold on. Let me rewind for a second. Did you say eight years old, bro? Eight
1: years old, bro. Eight years old, man. (laughs) My son. One of my sons is eight years. Eight years old? Eight years old, bro, I really knew because, you know, in Texas, we we No, true.
0: It's a lifestyle, yeah.
1: It's a lifestyle, you know what I mean? Football is like a—it's a religion, bro. You know what I mean? So anytime I was—I had a chance to pick up, you know, the football, man, anywhere, you know, playground, in the street, Pop Warner, whatever the case may be, it was year in, year out, just football, bro, all year long. You know what I mean? It it was nothing—nothing else was on my mind. Obviously— you know, I played a little basketball, AAU, and I did the traveling circuit, um, you know, with that, and um, I ran track as well, but football was was year-round, man. No, I, I mean, it was, it was all day
0: long. Okay. So, bro, tell me, how did you end up at LSU, and were there any other college programs that you were interested in? Well,
1: it's crazy because, man, I was, not too many people really know, I was a silent commit to Florida, right? And- Joker Phillips is my godfather. So at the time, he was the receiver coach. So going into it, man, I was already kind of locked in with Florida. But, you know, LSU, they came in at the end of the picture, man. I've always admired LSU from afar. I always wanted to, you know, play in the SEC um, because I knew what type of defense um, those guys were going to play, whether that was Alabama, Florida, LSU, those type of teams right there, that's what I knew I needed to be around. I needed to go play with those big dogs and play against the best of the best. So I always knew that I wanted to play in the SEC, and that was, you know, what was going to be hard to, you know, decide, man, if if I did, you know, because I did like Texas at the time, right? But I didn't want to go to the Big 12 because I was like, I'm an SEC player, man. I'm a defensive guy. So the best of the best comes out of the SEC, in my opinion. So that's where, you know, uh, it helped me land, uh you know at lsu man it wasn't too far from home Uh, my moms and my pops can get there my family um i can drive home if i needed to but it was far enough but it wasn't you know too far to get to if that makes sense
0: no yeah i mean damn did you you silent committed to florida to the gators and then you went to lsu bro and and then you (laughs) they're in the sec too you know what i'm saying so how was that awkward was that weird or not
1: yeah it was weird a little bit man but um you know, it, it was more so just that was my first time making a business decision for myself. You know what I mean? And at a young age, making that move and and telling my godfather and Champ at the time, the head coach, um, and, and T-Rob, the DB coach, telling those guys who I've built a relationship with, not only that, that they're close with my family, right? So that was tough telling them, man, I got to go a different route. And they understood. Obviously, they were you know, down a little bit, but they understood. It's business, man. Right, you know, right. you miss out on you miss out on recruits all the time. But I mean,
0: looking back at it today, though, no regrets, right?
1: I man, I don't live with regrets. You know what I mean? I try not to. You know, obviously, you can always go back and be like, you know what? What if I did this? What if I did that? I try to just live with my decisions, man. Yeah, like man. if I, you know what I mean? Like I think that's drive more you crazy, healthy. Bro. Yeah, it'll drive you crazy, bro. Like if you don't realize like, okay, boom, I made a decision. I got to go forward with it. I got to believe in that decision. I got to have faith in that decision. And you can't look on the negative, the negative side. You know what I mean? You got to look at all the positive. Yeah, there's pros and cons, but you got to look at all the positive, man. And, um, you know, I grew from it. Man, LSU taught me so much on and off the field. Um, But on the field, man, mentally, man, it was everything for me. You know, it made me mentally stronger. Tommy Moffitt, all of those guys up there, man, the staff, that made me mentally stronger as a person, uh, but not only that, you know, uh, you know, it helped me on the field, man.
0: Right, right. So then, tell me, man, what's the biggest difference between playing safety in college versus playing safety in the NFL?
1: Yeah, the biggest difference, man, would have to be not only the speed but the mental game. You know what I mean? And, and breaking down film. You know, Corey Raymond. I remember, you know, he he taught me route concepts. You know when it came down to, you know what the opponent is gonna do beforehand, right? And he helped me see that clear. I didn't understand that going into college. I wasn't taught that in high school, right? I I didn't know too many route concepts. And and I had a great coach in high school, Coach Hurd. He taught me the fundamentals of, you know, playing discipline. You know what I mean? He's one of the first people um, who really taught me discipline. You know, as far as on the field and. You know, when you're so talented, you don't really, you don't look at the discipline things. You don't look at the little things, right, when you first get started. But then when you, the older you get, the wiser you get, the more knowledge you you realize, like, okay, little things add up and little things matter. You know what I mean? So it went from high school to college to being drafted by the Jets, um, being coached by Todd Bowles and Denard Wilson, two of the best. Um, man, they taught me everything I know till this day as far as the ins and outs of, this league, man, that, that we play in. So it's a beautiful thing, man, and it was a grind, but, you know, the marathon always continues, man.
0: Yeah, man, rest in peace to my dog, Nipsey, man. Uh, so check it out, bro, you, so you played for the Jets, man. What was it like facing off Tom Brady and Belichick twice a year, bro?
1: It was tough, bro. <laughs> it, was, it was damn tough, but it was so competitive, man. Anytime we played those boys, it was like, Man, we prepared even more. You know what I mean? Like it was a Super Bowl or something. You know what I mean? So Tommy, man, he's a special cat, man. He's he's the ultimate competitor. And Belichick is the same way, man. They they don't play uh, checkers, man. They play chess. You know what I <laughs> yeah, mean? It's real. It's real. And they've seen it all. They've done it all. They've been in every situation. They've they been through every emotion. Uh, man, I have a lot of respect for them. You don't got to like them, but you got to respect them. The closest I've been... To beating those two guys at the same time was was only twice, and and that's the only thing I can say, man, the rest of the <laughs> times they got us, man they got does us. Tom talk shit?
0: Does he talk a lot during the game? do you want say say's like what's it like Oh being man, on a if you
1: if you talk noise to him, he's gonna talk really he gonna, he gonna uh, he's competitive, bro, <laughs> oh, shit. he's competitive, but I will say man, he's locked in mentally, like if you're not making noise or it's not a close game, he's just really smiling at you, man, you know what I mean, he's gonna joke with you, man so the best thing you can do is be in the game and, and try to get him off his, right, off his right. game. But you can't get him off his game, man. That man, he's, he's seen it all. He's done it all. That's why I have so much respect for, for Tommy, man.
0: No, that's what's up, man. So let's get into some shit, man. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. When did things start going wrong with the Jets, bro?
1: Oh, man. To be honest, man, it's crazy that you asked that. I just had a talk with one of my boys the other day. Man, we were breaking things down. And he asked me the same question. And really, where it went wrong, bro, is when Ty Bowles got fired. Because I knew Ty Bowles wasn't the problem, right? He wasn't the problem of why we weren't successful. We just didn't have enough talent, right? And we didn't have the best upstairs as far as a GM to where he's making decisions that's right for the future, that's right for us. So... It was a little bit of everything, man. I I just didn't agree with, you know, how the GM was going about things. Um, I didn't agree with waiting, man. I didn't like hearing we're rebuilding. I didn't like hearing that. Mm -hmm. It literally drove me insane. I heard it from the time Todd left all the way until I left myself. It was just, oh, we're rebuilding. We're rebuilding. Like, even before games, bro, before we go play against whoever, Green Bay, right, for example, Before the game, the night before the game, we would be talking about rebuilding for the next year. And I'm just like, what? That's not healthy, actually. Bro, that's not healthy at all. I'm like, man, what is going on? I'm like, we're not in it to win it now? Like, how I looked at it, man, is just like, I don't have time to waste. Like, this league is not for long, bro. I had to make a business decision and a career decision for not only myself, but for my family, for my future kids. Mm -hmm. Like, I had to... Do something that was for them. It wasn't even really necessarily about me. It was about happiness. For, for me, it was all about happiness and winning. That's what I love. You know what I mean? But the rest was for the family, man. Like, my family hated seeing me down when we would lose or constantly lose. Like, that's not a good feeling, bro. You don't, you don't bust your ass through the whole week, or not even just a week, through the whole offseason, and then come into it and you're losing ball games back to back to back. Like, it, that's not fun when you're not competing for the chip. You know what I mean? So I'm ultimate competitor, man. I knew going into it, when they did, you know, find another coach, head coach, to replace Bowles, obviously it was Gase. I wasn't the biggest fan of, I'll be honest. And if top Bowles was still there, bro, or a, a better coach would have came in, i I'll probably still be there. I never in a million years thought I would be traded And never did I see I would be traded to Seattle. I'm going to be honest, bro. I've never seen it coming. I put out a list. (laughs) You know what I mean? I put out a list of teams that, you know, many seen and where I wanted to go. But that was it, man. I never seen myself being here. So I'm I'm grateful just to be a part of such a unique organization.
0: No, that's what's up. You know, let me address some shit, man, just because, like, bro, we being real here. And I just rather just, you know. You could tell me to go, you know, fuck off, whatever. But what <laughs> what do you feel about these rumors? Like, you know, when the trades was happening, like, oh, man, this dude, uh, Jamal Adams is a locker room diva. He's cancer in the locker room. Like, I didn't had a lot of 12s on here. I've had, you know what I'm saying, play your teammates, you know, now on this show. And I've talked to them personally. You know, I'm not going to say their names, but I'll be like, yo, bro, what's up with dude? What's good? It's, oh, man, he's a leader. He's cool. I'm like, really? He ain't like a diva in the locker room? Like, nah, bro, he cool like, you know what I'm saying? He bring good energy. So I'm thinking, what the fuck is going on? Like, wh- where did those rumors start? And, and like, how do you feel about that? Man,
1: bro, it just comes with the game, bro. It comes with betting on yourself, being a, uh, a big time name in the, in the league, being one of those superstars. It just comes with it, man. And I had to learn that. It's like people don't make up anything and everything, man, when you make a decision for yourself that affects them. You know what I mean? If it affects them, they're going to talk about it. They don't like it. They don't like how you went about it. So it's the whole era of shut up and just play football or shut up and just play basketball. That's over with, man. Yeah,
0: man, fuck on, man. Come on, fuck that's all that. That's
1: over with, man. Like, so it's like, man, people have to realize that, you know, the decisions we make is the decisions we want to make, one. Two, is for our family. We're not just making a decision just for ourselves. It's bigger than just us. You know what I mean? So people have to realize that. And man, when you when you hear those rumors, when I heard them, I was just like, man, I don't know where that came from because I'm I'm a cool cat. Man, I, I just want to win ball games. I'm, you know, I'm full of energy
0: every day. You know, I'm hearing like from people on the inside, they're like, yo, this dude is actually cool to the custodian. He's cool to locker room manager, like this. So I'm wondering where like You know what I'm saying? Yeah, just hating, right? They just—it's
1: just—it's hate, man. And and again, you know, they go back to, you know, what I'm saying as far as man. When you when you're being talked about and you're being hated on, man, you're doing something right, man. (laughs) You know what I mean? So like, just continue doing what you're doing. Obviously, people are not gonna like the way you went about it, but at the end of the day, it's not about people you don't know. You gotta stay focused on the mission, man. The mission. I got traded. It is what it is. Obviously, I was a fan favorite with the Jets. Man, I stayed out there. I, that's where, you know, all these rumors, you know, that gets me is like, man, I, I used to stay after scrimmages or whatever the case may be, training camp where it's hot out there. Man, everybody, we don't have three hours of practice. Everybody signs a couple autographs and it goes in. Man, I don't stood out there until every kid, every fan is satisfied. I've done it multiple times, bro. I've been caught on camera doing it, and I don't even do it for the camera. It was just the love that I have for the game. And I'll do the same thing here. Because it's, it's just who I am, bro. Like, because I was once that kid who looked up to NFL players, who wanted to be in their shoes, and I always told myself, I said, man, if I ever get there, I'm not going to be that asshole, athlete. I'm not going to be it. It's not going to be me. Yeah. Because I've been done wrong as a kid where a guy didn't sign my, my football. I've been through no, all of those No, that shit stays emotions, with a kid man. too forever. Yeah, it stays with you, bro. They'll You'll hate never you. forget it. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never forget it. So I always try to show love. But man, when I hear those rumors and stuff like that, I don't get caught up in that because I know who I am as a person. And the people that know me and the people that love me and, and support me, they know who I am. So that's all that matters to me, bro.
0: No, that's what's up, bro. So uh, where were you when you found out you're being traded to Seattle?
1: Man, I was in Dallas, Texas, bro. I was in my crib. Um, the day before I was, you know, it was crazy. I was so stressed because it was Friday Um, and we had a report that Tuesday. So we're in July and that Friday I had took my boys out. My boys, well, my boys took me out because I was so stressed. I'm like, man, we got to go get some food. bro. I'm stressing. <laughs> I'm stressing, bro, because I don't know whether I need to get my mind right to go to New York. Or I don't know. If I'm going to get traded, you know what I mean? Like it's a lot going on. So this has been lead. This is a big lead up. So when I got the call, man, the next day, um, that Saturday, my agent called me. I had like five missed calls and it was like 11 o'clock and he was like, man, it's going to happen. And I'm like, "What? where am I going? I'm like, where am I going? Because I thought I was really, to be honest, man, I thought I was going to Houston. There's been a lot of talk that I was going to Houston at the time. And I was like, oh, okay, 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 I'm going to Houston because, you know, obviously I, I told people that they caught me on video, you know, with the Dallas thing, like, man, I'm trying, you know, because oh, I'm trying to get home, yeah. right? Because, you know, obviously ain't nothing like playing, playing, nah, you know, in, your front of you, in front of your, your hometown. Yeah. You know, moms is there, pops is there, my nieces, my sister, you know, my boys. So, you know, it was, of course I'm, I'm going to try to get home. You know what I mean? Ain't nothing like playing back home. But it didn't happen. Obviously got traded, bro. And when they, when they told, when my agent told me, he was like, man, it's not the Cowboys. Uh, Joe Douglas said he does not want to send you to the AFC because he does not want to see you. Respect. <laughs> respect. So he's going to send you to the NFC. And, and we were like, okay. I was like, okay, well, who? He was like, man, Seattle. I'm like, what? I'm like, Seattle? Yes. I'm like, yo. I was like, I'm like you know, I know nothing about Seattle, but I know about the Legion of Boom. I knew knew all about the history, bro. I was like, bro, that's big time. Because I'm like, that's defensive football, man. Pete Carroll, like, it was a dream come true, man. I never in a million years, if you asked me last year or two years ago, five years, it doesn't matter. If I could see myself with Seattle, I would have said, man, I I don't know how that's going to happen. I never thought I would leave the Jets, to be honest with you. Never thought. Because I was so focused on trying to change that program around. That was my focus.
0: Damn, that's real shit, man. So it's safe to say you like Pete Carroll.
1: Oh, I love Pete. Pete's cool, man. He's a, he's like that movie star, man. He's like that <laughs> that Denzel Washington, you know what I mean? Cool word. Okay. Cool cat. Yeah, he' cool, man. That's my guy, man. You know, what's
0: funny is, uh, there's a real nice steakhouse in um in Seattle called Daniel's. Yeah, and, I've uh, been to Daniel's. Yeah, and so I was, you know, this was like, you know, obviously pre pandemic. This is wow, years ago. Won the chip, and uh, I'm there, and Pete walk in. And bruh, they said it was something like 17 different tables trying to pay for his bill. I'm like, this motherfucker can't even pay for his own meal. Like, they love him. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so like, yeah, bro. You know, some funny shit, man. But by the way, you missed, that's what sucks about like last season, you know, like you missed the 12s. Like, bro, there's nothing like it in pro football. Like, we were the loudest stadium four years, like in a row. We still in the top three. Like, that energy, I just can't wait to experience that. You feel me? Like, um, what was it like playing the NFL season during the pandemic
1: man it was tough it was tough testing every day uh mentally just trying to you know almost lock yourself into your own bubble while you are away from the facility right and i think we did a hell of a job man you know from discipline and um you know obviously uh just outside the building not going to restaurants not just being smart man you know and and if you and if we did have guys go do other things, man, they did a hell of a job, man. Because I, I was more so just locked in because I didn't know, I don't know too much about Seattle. I, I didn't know where to go. I've been to, you know, Joey's before, I've been to Daniels. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I've been to the normal spots, man, that everybody says is hot, you know, around. But man, I don't um uh, I don't know too much about it, man. So I was I was really locked in. Um and obviously I was dealing with those injuries, man, throughout the season. So I was I wasn't trying to show face, man. I was working on my body um, just to get back on that field and, and stay locked in on the process, man.
0: No, but I mean, like, from everyone I've talked to, you know, from even basketball, baseball, I mean, I know people in every sport, right? Like, it was tough playing with no fans, right? Wasn't it? Like, weird? Oh, it was,
1: it was horrible. It was horrible. Because it was like, man, as a defensive guy, you know, we feed off the crowd, right? We feed off of them just as much as they feed off of us, so... There would have been plenty of games, um, for instance. Like, that last game would have had an effect by those 12s, man.
0: Oh, hell yeah. Uh, Come on, bro. It,
1: it would have been going down. So, you know, it's just it's part of it, man. You know, it was, it was definitely difficult, uh, but it makes you appreciate the fans that much more. It makes you appreciate the game that much more. You know what I mean? And nah, for sure. Th- that's what it's about for me. So I cannot wait, man.
0: Yeah. You was talking about injuries, bro. So are your surgeries clear? Like, you good?
1: Yeah, I'm solid, man. I, I had to deal with, uh, you know, obviously – in the San Fran game, caught a I, I tore my labrum, popped my shoulder out of place on a blitz, man. Just doing what I always do. He peeled back, caught me in the shoulder. Um, and that's when you seen the cameras catch me, you know, and I was looking down, man. And I was so sad because I knew I couldn't be myself for the 12s. I knew I couldn't be myself for my teammates, you know what I mean, going into the playoffs. And that's what hurt me the most because I, that's what I felt I was brought here for, is to make an impact, man. You know what I mean? So... When I couldn't beat myself on the field, it took a toll out of me. You know what I mean? I was I was upset, but I got my mind set, you know, back to where it needed to be and went into the game. And, you know, obviously we just didn't play well and we let their ass beat us. And uh, it is what it is. We'll see them again. You know what I mean?
0: That last game, bro, I feel like we beat ourselves. I didn't think like yeah, they beat us. They 100%. Were some, that was some old bullshit. But the camera did focus. It was crazy because obviously you wouldn't know because you was on the field. The camera did focus on you quite a bit. But at the same time... When I watched the play, I was like, oh, no, I didn't look that bad. Was it that bad? You know, and then, you know, you could see the expression on your face with the. um. Yeah, I was down, you know. bro.
1: It, I was down because I'm a, I'm a competitor, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's all I want. All I want to do is win, bro. So, you know, when you can't perform at a high level and be comfortable to where you're not favoring one side of your shoulder, you're not taking this movement just so you can cover this. And it's tough, man.
0: It's tough. So what do you want to work on most, like, right now in the offseason? Man, I'm a guy
1: that—I never put limits on on myself, man. I'm I'm a guy that, you know, works at every little thing. I go back to the basic fundamentals every offseason, and I master them once again. I just keep on doing it. It's a routine of mine, you know what I mean? So I just continue to work at everything, man, feet to hips to uh, film study, breaking down plays, knowing my assignment, knowing— what other guys around me are doing because I'm still in a, a new system and that's where people didn't, you know, they don't understand. It's like, man, going from a system to a new system is tough. It's tough. And then obviously I did it through different, you know, certain circumstances that was hard as far as COVID, as far as meeting time, we couldn't meet with our coaches as, as long as we wanted to, you know what I mean? It was, it was a lot of rules. And then we couldn't jail as a defense cause guys was in and out of injury or whatever case may be. You know what I mean? So when we started to get healthy and we started to understand what the defense is like and how, you know, it's going to be moving forward, that's when we started to take that turn as, as far as the defense. We started to really, 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 really get it, man. We started to really, really get it.
0: Well, I mean, bro, look, I'm going to get into another question, but let me ask this first because what are your thoughts on Ken Norton then? Because I was ready to fight Ken Norton. I was ready to fly <laughs> up there and fight him like...
1: Yeah, it wasn't his fault, man. It wasn't his fault. We just needed... We needed our chemistry, bro. When you get new guys in like myself and, um, you know, we're trying to, you know, create a scheme off the fly or, you know, stick with what we know, it's difficult, you know what I mean? Because I was trying to learn every little check and detail every game. I was learning something new by how the defense works. So that was tough for me, you know what I mean? That was tough because it was more so like, okay, I know my job. Okay, but here's that check. And then if they get in this formation, here's that check. Oh, wait, no, you can't do that check because that was how Greg Williams had you do that. You got to you got to do it. You know, what I mean, right, right, right. That was the challenging thing. It was similar, but different terminology. Like everybody uses the same type of terminology, but it's just different creative ways to get to it. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, Yeah, I get what you're saying. Because, I mean, every team is... It's the same, but it's different. I get what you're saying. Correct,
1: correct, correct. But, like,
0: um, when all this shit was going down and, and, and you know, Clowney waited to the last goddamn minute, right? And I'm like, check this out. Pretty much I'm about to DM dude telling him to go fuck himself, blah, blah, whatever. He having teams <laughs> coming over to fucking Seattle to go meet him. And I was like, man, this is some bullshit. So what I was really worried about was... Plus, Quentin Jefferson is a personal friend of mine. So, you know, and it wasn't his fault. Like, you know, he went to Buffalo and I was like, bro, like, what the fuck? So, you know... um. You know, I was a little worried, but then you come in and now I'm like, look, I'm like, okay, this dude is a hard hitter. Boom. He go do some pass coverage, some rushing. I didn't think you was going to fucking, you know, be the fucking, you know, this QB sack guru, you know, and and come in and and do all that pass rush. (laughs) I mean, that was a big difference. It made me not think about Jadavian that much anymore. You know what I'm saying? I was like, all right, well, cool. So, um, with that said, you know, our defense transitioned, it changed. I feel like for the first half, it was kind of like, okay, uh. We're figuring it out, and then you was injured for a little bit, and then all of a sudden, you know, we come back. You're back healthy now. DJ Reed steps up. Like, tell me about yeah, that. Sir. Like,
1: that was big, man. You know what I mean? DJ DJ's a hell of a player, man. When I came over here and he was injured, man. I remember when he when he came over. Um, he was sitting on the sideline, man. He was just talking, like, yeah, man. I can't wait to get out there. I'm gonna shut it down, and you know, you just. Yeah, you know, I'm coming over from a new, a new, a new team, and I'm like, man, who is this cat, man? This cat just talking shit, man. Who is this dude, man? So, uh, when he did get on that field, man, he proved right away. You know what I mean? Right, right away, who he was. You know what I mean? His energy, um, his demand for excellence. Um, you know, it, it showed, man. So I, I, I love going to war with my guy right there, man. He's one of my, my favorite uh, teammates. Uh, since I've been playing ball. Man, he's fun to he's fun to go to work with, man. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, we we had a lot of ups and downs through the journey, through the years, um, defensive-wise. And, um, you know, we just wanted to get better, man. We knew what type of talent we had. We knew the type of guys we had. We just had to put it all together. And we had a meeting or two players-only meeting, So we are like, man, let's just put it together. Let's figure it out, what we got to do. Um, let's stop making up excuses. Let's stop, you know, doing this, doing that. Man, let's just get back to it and let's see where it takes us. And when we started to do that as a group, that's where we started to explode, man. Yes. That's where we started to
0: explode. So what are your opinions on a new ch- the, all the new coaching changes we got? Like, you think because these two dudes came from the Rams, you think we got better insight on the Rams now? Or, like, what's your opinion on them?
1: Yeah, you, you know, that's interesting, man. You know, you never know um, with, with how those things pan out. Um, you know, Sean McVay is very creative. Um, I'm pretty sure, you know, he's going to change up a few things. You know, obviously uh staffers coming in there. Um, you know, that's a nice little pickup for him. But, you know, we, we staying focused on, on our side right now. But, you know, it, it's gonna be interesting. Uh, because, you know, we we got their offensive coordinator. Um, and you know, when we go against them, it's gonna be very similar uh situations, similar plays, I'm guessing, but it's gonna be cool, man. It's gonna be a sight to see. Um I, I know I can't I can't wait to see the Rams again. I'll tell you that.
0: Yeah they got staff see what happens man. I ain't worried yeah, about you. I can't doing. wait. <laughs> hey, I already know. <laughs> hey, I I gotta ask you this, bro, man. Like, at one point, and I was fucking shocked, right? Like, you know, would it have been awkward if we actually hired Adam Gates as our OC?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I ain't gonna lie, that that would have it would have been weird. But you know, again, man, if they would have felt he would have got the job done, you know, so be it. it. You know, that's what they were they were thinking. You know what I mean? Like, because Russ. Russ obviously wanted a a chance at the table as far as like picking help picking the offensive coordinator. So if Russ feels Gates was the answer, man, hey, I'm riding with it. Okay, whatever, it, whatever it is, man. You Damn, know what I mean? It's, bro, it's not about me. You no, know what I mean? know. I'm just, just saying it,
0: that's a grown man answer, bro. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, bro,
1: it's it's just not about me. You know what I mean? And, and and for me, it's just winning, bro. You know. So if that was the answer, that was the answer. But obviously, it, it wasn't the answer. We moved on. We got a different OC from the Rams and. Um, I'm excited, man. My faith is strong. I believe in them. I don't even know them, but I believe in them. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: You know, <laughs> ever since 2013, the infamous game, Richard Sherman, Lob, Crabtree. You know, the rivalry between us and the 49ers has been thick. Like I'm talking, bro, it gets ugly you feel me like I got I got escorted out of the stadium Levi's Stadium the season before the pandemic 2019 season I got escorted out of Levi's Stadium we took away their perfect undefeated record you know who's out there boom I don't ever miss any 49er games Just boom like you know but I feel like and I'm sure the guys in the locker room told you that you know that's that's our rival but I feel like that Ram shit is starting to come and become a bigger rival now you feel me against us oh
1: yeah oh
0: yeah it's real who's the biggest shit talker in the league? Because I see me, me and Jalen Ramsey done got into it so many times. Just, <laughs> I'm wondering, like, who is?
1: Oh, man, that's tough, bro. Uh, Man, it's a couple people, man, that, that talk. You know what I mean? Uh, Jalen Ramsey's up there for sure. Um, You know, I'll put myself up there. You know, I'll talk my talk when oh, I need to. Okay. Qu- Quandre Diggs. Quandre, <laughs> Quandre Diggs is going to talk his. Me, no. DJ Reed. Man, we got some guys, man, on the defense alone, man, that's going to really, really talk theirs. Right, right. Um, You know, it's some good ones around the league, man. It's fun, man. That's what makes
0: the game special. Nah, for sure. You know, it's crazy because me and Jalen, we went jaw jacket. We was going back and forth, DMs, like, what's up, fool? What's Okay, what's up? And I'm like, you going to Cabo now too, fool? What's up? Like, I seen uh, you posted a picture yesterday and Jalen Ramsey commented like with uh, the fire emoji. I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. Are y'all cool? Yeah, no, that's my guy. Oh, oh that's my shit. dog. Shit, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, no, 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 that's my dog.
1: That's my dog, man. Uh, we have a lot of respect for each other, bro. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, I just love the way he plays the game. I love the way he approaches it. You know, i will never, I'll never knock him because he's. It's it's between him and Tre'Davious White as my two favorite corners in the league, man. Uh, there's there's some other ones out there, but man, those two those two guys for sure,
0: man. Nah, no, I just think that's cool. Favorites. You know, the, we could be in the same conference. You know, what I'm saying same. League uh, yeah, goal it's
1: respect, bro. It's yeah. just it's just respect, man. You know, it ain't too many guys that really in the league really show love to other people, man, because they want it for just themselves, man. There's other there's other ball players out there, man, that make plays that's great in their own way. Um, and you just have to respect greatness,
0: man. That's what I'm about. Yeah, that's what's up, man. So what are your goals for the next few seasons with the Seahawks? Like, you plan on staying here with us? Super Bowl, like-
1: bro. Super Bowl. <laughs> man, ain't nothing else in my mind, bro, but a Super Bowl, man. I can't wait.
0: But tell me, let's say next season, the upcoming season, we go to the Super Bowl, we win. Are you going to stay with us, bro? Are you, leaving? What's up, man? Come on, man. Hey, hey, <laughs> I, I, I. I want to be
1: here. I'm here to stay. But you know how that go, man. That's never my decision for right now. Uh, but I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm, Hopefully, man, we get it going. Uh, we get, you know, uh, talks if that needs to happen, uh, whatever the case may be. But man, for me, bro, I'm just, I'm really relaxing. I'm reflecting a lot um, on the season, the past year for what we had to deal with around the world with this COVID, man. Um, you know, losing people left and right. Uh, man, I've just been reflecting, bro. I, I know my time is gonna come, and when it come, when it comes, it's the perfect time, and that's God's timing, man. So I'm not really stressing over it, man. I'm just I'm just sitting back, man, waiting on the opportunity, um, and whenever whenever that presents itself, I'm gonna be ready, man.
0: I mean, even though I sold my crib in Seattle, I will say when I'm out there, it's a lot more calming, and I can focus on things more. Whereas when I'm in New York or LA, it's tough for me. You know what I'm saying? Like I got a lot of distractions.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, most definitely, bro. That's something that, you know, I do love about Seattle is that it's not too many distractions. You can go find distractions anywhere, <laughs> but it's not too many distractions here. You know what I mean, man? Yeah, I just, no, trust me. I, I stay up here and chill, man, and, and just learn ball, man, and get better at my craft.
0: Right, right. No, I'm, what I'm trying to say real quick is like when you're in L.A., you can mind your own fucking business and you just going to distraction go find you. You feel me? Like it's just anyways, man. Um, so speaking of the Super Bowl. This weekend's the big game, man. Tell me, who do you think's going to win the Super Bowl this weekend?
1: Oh, I like Tampa Bay. I like Tampa Bay, man. They, they got the better squad. Then they got Tom Brady, man. It's tough. Bro, you can't bet against Tommy, man. Talk, bro, I watched something the other day, man. Tommy versus uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Bro, they was down like 24 points, man. And he came all the way back and won the game. But like, that's, bro, that's Atlanta,
0: bro. I'm talking about Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill, yeah, yeah, it's going to be a
1: good game, man. I think it's it's going to be closer than a lot of people think. Um, but, man, when it comes down to the crunch time, bro, I got to roll with Brady, man. I never I never bet against Brady, man. I just can't do it.
0: So if you had 100 bands just to throw on a team, you would take Tampa plus three?
1: I got to. I got to. I got to.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Got to. So now we done with football talk, bro. I just want to ask you two real quick questions, and we done, man. Like, I seen a picture of you in your living room, you know, and I seen the... The bear bricks and i'm like hold on bro who put you up on the bear bricks bro like what's up <laughs> you know not many people in the league basketball football really know about bear bricks you know what i'm saying that was cool to see 100
1: no it's just you know obviously new york put me on game a lot you know and and obviously growing up bro i i seen all the cool things but i couldn't afford it you know what i mean so oh, when i when true, i had the, yeah when i had the opportunity man I remember, I'll never forget, man, when I wanted a pair of Mike and Mary jeans, bro. I could not afford Mike and Mary jeans. <laughs> and, I, bro, I wanted those damn jeans so bad, man. And I finally got a, a couple pair and, and stuff like that, man. So it was cool, man. But I couldn't afford it. Um, but, man, I'm, I'm into them, bro. I think it makes the house. I think it's a hell of a collection. Um, and they're just dope, man. Yeah, they're cool, dope, man. Dope,
0: and they're worth money, you part. know what I'm saying? And they keep yeah. going up they like a little, little investment And by the way, Mike and Mary is a close personal friend of mine So Mike, man, send Jamal some gear, stop playing, man Man,
1: come on, man, tell my man, man, <laughs> get me right
0: <laughs> That's my bro uh, Last question, dog, man Look, I, I never really see too much of the personal stuff You know, you really locked in with the game and everything And I know you're a fly dude But are you a big car guy at all? Like, you like whips and stuff?
1: I'm into cars, yeah, absolutely, man I'm into them I got a, I got a
0: few myself
1: Okay, so what,
0: what's the favorite uh, little car you, you pushing in, in the stable right now?
1: Man, I like that Cullinan, man. That's probably my go-to, uh, my, my all-time favorite right now, uh, that Cullinan. Um, That's what had Yeah, buddy. And then I got that 4x4, man. That 4x4 is awesome.
0: Oh, yeah, 4x4. It's awesome. Especially for Seattle. That motherfucker is like, yeah.
1: man. I, I haven't even got it up here, man. I, but you know what? I don't even think I'm going to be able to get it in my garage.
0: Oh, no, hell no. Come on, bro. It's like 10 feet tall, man.
1: Yeah, bro. I got I to. Gotta, well, you know, I stay in a building. So I got to figure it out. I got to figure it out, man, if I can get it up here or not. But uh, that's like my little toy, man. I like to play with, man, put a little exhaust on there, little pipes. And yeah, yeah, for just sure. Just have fun with it,
0: man. Hey, have same, fun with it. Same thing, bro. I'm a big car dude. So look, man, hey, Jamal, once again, bro, I really do appreciate you taking the time to get on the podcast with me, man, especially not just being a podcaster or, you know, because people obviously are like, yo, man, this dude's a jeweler, whatever. He's done this. He's in music. Like, this is something I love to do, but more importantly, you mean so much more to the show now because I'm a diehard Seahawk fan. You know,
1: appreciate that, bro. So appreciate that.
0: I'll be rooting for you. By the way, man, uh, just because you was a little bit late today, dog, you owe me some field passes, bro. <laughs> bro,
1: that's that's I say no more, bro. I got you, bro. Cause <laughs> hey, I had to handle, man. You know, listen, let me. <laughs> I had to handle some shoulder rehab and some finger rehab. So these people. Man, my guys at the, at the training staff, man, they're good people, man. So, you know, we get to talking and stuff, and we running our mouth about everything and anything. So I apologize on that. I got you, bro. No, so that's all know.
0: good. Hey, Miles, Jordan, you hear that? He got some field passes for us, bro. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, Jamal. I got you. Bro. Again, man, appreciate you 100. Yo, Miles, man, throw some of that Lakey Lake real quick, and let's go to a commercial. If people want NBA picks, the Dust Brothers are the best. They're the ones who help me with my handicaps. Now, they're biting like 500 bucks in a box. And, you know, they're not trying to fucking go crazy and whatever, but the Dust Brothers are doing NBA picks and they're selling them. $75 for a single game, that's fucking cheap. All right. And $150 for parlay picks. All right. Yes, the Dust Brothers, producers of this show. Okay. Their Venmo is at DB Podcasts, plural. And you can follow them at DB on Instagram. You can DM them there, whatever, hit them up. They are fucking crushing that motherfucking shit. Ever since they started, they are killing it. Yo, man, I hope you guys love that interview. Uh, it's one of my favorites. It, it, it might be my favorite, period. MBTB history, right? Uh, I really think that. Jamal got a bad rap during that trade, and uh, I think that bad image is dying down, because dude is solid, man. It's just like, I, I, like I really did ask people in the locker no, I'm nosy, motherfucker, you know what I mean? He's a good dude, all right? Yo, Jamal, uh, you are more than welcome to come back on BTB when the season starts. How about you come back any fucking time you want to, all right? Appreciate you, bro. Yo, now, this part of the show is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. All right, My bookie has prop bets like fuck. They got everything you could think of. Like, why leave your house? You don't gotta go to Vegas, you don't gotta go do to none of that shit. You just go to mybookie.ag. They got everything. For how long is the national anthem gonna be? All that stuff. They got everything. And again, when you use promo code Ben Baller, they will match half of your first deposit up to a thousand dollars. That's free money, just to bet on. Free. So, are you ready for the Super Bowl pick? You ready for this bet, motherfucker? Yeah. You already know. I fucking hate Tom Brady. Don't fuck with dude. Never thought I'd say I respect him. And I kind of semi, like, eh. Yeah, you know what? I got to say. Somehow, dude makes it work, man. I know a lot of people don't like me. And they're like, how the fuck does dude do this, this, and this? And you know what? It's not like it's magic. It's like, um, I mean, it was meant to be, man. It, it's, I've bet against Tom in the past, and I've lost so I look at it like this. I'm taking the Bucks plus three and a half points. And if the bucks win, hey, I win some bread. And if the Bucks lose, I'm happy. You know what I'm saying? Uh yeah, because uh, you know, Travis Kelsey and me have built a smaller relationship. That's my dude. And uh I just built Travis five new chains. They dope. He'll be rocking them at the Super Bowl and everything, and uh Maybe he'll post something. I don't know. I'm not really tripping. They're more smaller things, but I got, you know, other shit going on. But anyways, look, mybookie.ag, dope, we're taking the bucks plus three and a half points. Now, speaking of the Super Bowl, if you are having a Super Bowl party, please be safe. Make sure it's people you've been quarantining with, you know, have motherfuckers wear masks. Stay the fuck away from somebody who's, at you know, eating the chips and salsa and shit, got his mouth open, spitting and shit and yelling. That's when the shit gets spread, Okay. Whether you want to still fucking think that this shit is a joke or not, yo, Andrew Yang, Yang gang, just got COVID, all right? And it's just like, yo, I hope he's all right. It looks like it's, you know, people are able to control it better. You know, if you're a fat motherfucker, if you have existing conditions, then you really should be careful. But just be careful when you're out there eating all them chicken wings, a lot of shit, and the snacks, and the fucking beer, and I don't know. Just don't let your guard down. Don't be dumb, Okay? Speaking of dumb, man, I was just thinking about that stupid-ass quartzite Karen bitch, and I was like, you know what, I'm not even going to talk about that stupid-ass girl. Like, that's just fucking dumb. But speaking of dumb, some stupid fucking idiot robbed the Roscoe's Chicken Waffles in Pasadena. For those of you who don't know, the one in Pasadena has been there for a long motherfucking time. Yes, of course, the Pico and La Brea joint was the first, then the Hollywood joint, and I love Roscoe's, ain't been there in a minute. But yeah, the one in Pasadena, some dumbass on camera. He got turned away by the worker there because he wasn't wearing a mask. This motherfucker came back with a gun, robbed them for chicken and waffles. Bro, I hope they throw this motherfucker under the fucking jail, man. It's just stupid as fuck. In hobby news, project 70 is very close just so you guys know i am leading the project again i'll be card number one uh that is february 17th um 17th 18th is uh 18th is my mom's birthday and also dr dre's birthday is so crazy we used to fucking have to argue because uh dre always had a party on his birthday and be like yo mom i gotta go to my boss's birthday uh anyways i know you're like what the fuck? Who cares?" On February 18th, I am recording No Jumper podcast with Adam22. It's my second time on, which is crazy. I, yes, me, this is not a joke. You can ask Adam, you can fucking check. For some reason, I have the top five biggest interview in No Jumper history. Don't know why, it just keeps going and going. He can't figure it out, all right? Going back to the hobby, my final autograph drop of fucking Project 2020 is Friday, tomorrow, all right guys? Tomorrow, the final, that is it, card number 20, Sandy Koufax, my favorite Jewish baseball player. Sandy Koufax, that card, you already know, it's a horizontal card, right? I only did two horizontal cards. That is dropping tomorrow at bbdtc.com. Autographs went fast last time because the prices are right. All right. And by the way, Project 2020 is starting to come around Starting to make some money All you haters out there talking that shit So look There are 32 cards Because he wore number 32 Price really low I made two of the cards very special And I got a 1 of 3 Gold edition Ben Baller auto Don't forget, tomorrow 10 a.m. Sandy Koufax Project 2020 Ben Baller cards Drop Now I was, uh, I've watched a couple, you know, a little bit of TV I've been watching, obviously, the Lakers playing everything Watch my boy LaMelo Ball ball Like a motherfucker, this dude is Wow I mean, even though last night they lost, this dude is just, man, he's a special um, So, you know I get to watch Netflix Just because, you know, I take a shower I have some shit on, whatever, just want things in the background Noise, whatever And I see this picture of this Mexican dude And a shaved head, just looks like a typical LA cat, you know And um, the movie documentary Is called Long Shot I put that shit on and yo, I ended up canceling some things. Listen, anybody who lives in Los Angeles and knows LA culture, this is a must watch. Everyone else, I think you'd still be interested. Long shot on Netflix. It is about a man who was accused of murdering a 16 year old girl. And this shit is so wild. I can't even explain. I didn't even know anything about this fucking story, which is crazy, but it happened, you know, um years and years ago, and it involves Larry David. Yes, motherfucking curb your enthusiasm. I don't know how yo, I just I can't even tell you this shit fucked me up, especially being born and raised in LA and knowing about like the Dodger games and everything and how many fucking Hispanics and how how big the Dodgers are in the Mexican culture, like it's crazy. You gotta watch this shit. It is fucked up. It is literally just that one in a fucking million, one in a billion chance of just, just crazy. I highly recommend you watch Long Shot. It fucked me up. Speaking of courts and justice and all that shit, yo, this fool Kyle Rittenhouse has violated his pro. Yo, this little 17 year old, little son of a bitch, bro, like someone just needs to plug his ass. Like he got bail, right? That white privilege. And then fucking, um, and the bail's put up by like the pillow CEO and the dumbass Ricky Schroeder, who I idolized growing up, and a bunch of other fucking cocksuckers, right? And then he's out at a bar when he shouldn't be at a fucking bar because he's under fucking 21 and under 18. And he's hanging out with the Proud Boys like, the fuck? So now his parole officer goes to the place of where he's supposed to be residing. They go there and the guy's like, oh, he hasn't lived here in, in a while. He's left. So now there's an arrest warrant for his arrest, and I hope they put his ass... Look, look, man. They need to put his ass in Gen Pop and put him with... This is some bullshit. You know, it's just... I don't know, man. I thought I'd mention that anyways. Dustin Diamond, a.k.a. Screech, from Saved by the Bell, has passed away at 44 years old. Um, Rest in peace. Uh, I didn't know Dustin. I, um, like, barely know a few people on the show. When I was going out at the clubs... Um, the few 18 and over clubs I was going to, all of them would frequent it. Um, it's kind of a small little crew, but I really did grow up watching uh, Saved by the Bell. Like, Zach, come on, man. Zach Morris? Like, preppy? That was crazy, man. And it's funny because um, uh, Mario Lopez's kids go to the same school as my kids. But anyways, uh, he died of cancer, man. And he had said something really crazy. He said uh, he feels like from doing his stand-up tours... He thinks that staying in some, you know, some questionable hotels maybe caused the cancer. And I'm like, bro, really? Like, I've stayed in some fucked up ass spots. You know, I don't know. But just just sad, man. You know, like um, a lot of weird unexpected deaths been happening. Um, By the way, rest in peace to Big O from Phenomenon and Swagger. If anybody know, if you really deep in real street culture and fashion, if you really know about Japanese street culture... Then you know who Big O is, rest in peace uh, Rest in peace, Ricky Powell Amazing photographer, probably one of the best OG hip-hop photographers ever I actually have one of his um, prints Of uh, Run DMC in Paris The original uh, N-words in Paris, like just, dude's amazing they, they call him the fourth member of the Beastie Boys dude is super, super lit um, Rest in peace to that And uh, just fucking crazy um, Before we end the show I just seen yesterday, I'm like, you know, I check all the trends I, I always check who's trending and uh, I see Chrissy Teigen is trending number two in the country. With all this shit is going on in the world, right? She's trending number two, and I'm wondering why. And she tweeted out, what's the most expensive thing that you've ever bought? And it sucked, right? I'm just remembering off the top of my dome. It's pretty much verbatim, but it's not exact. And she's like, me and John went to some restaurant, and it was whatever. And this uh, employee waiter convinced them on buying a really Nice bottle of wine. I forgot it was a cabinet. I forgot what the fuck it was. But then she said the bottle ended up being $13,000 and it was fucking terrible. And it was so whack, blah, blah, whatever. So she was training because of that. Getting attacked. I don't know. People are just the fucking people in these replies. I was like, yo, I'll see replies that go after like, let's say, for instance, maybe Khloe Kardashian whatever else. And sometimes I'll be like, yo, maybe she deserved it. Fuck it. Chrissy, like, really? Not because she's a friend of mine. But like, this whole like... Eat the rich. This whole, like, these people are like, yeah, uh you know, that's nothing. It's like me saying with your net worth, it's like me buying a Coca-Cola and saying oh, those Coca-Cola suck. Like, bitch, shut the fuck up. L- look, don't start with the money shit and everything else. What I can't stand, look, poor people, I said, don't suck. I don't think poor people. Poor people mentality, that's what's fucked up. That broke mentality is vicious. That shit will fuck you up. And people sit there and get mad, Be like, well, you know, because you got this. Motherfucker, do something about it. Yeah, you angry, use that angry to charge you up to go make some fucking money then. Fuck is you sitting around mad about for? Because you in the Midwest, broke, sitting in a home doing nothing, go do something about it. Go make some money, figure it out. Get on the fucking computer, do some research, do anything, okay? Follow somebody who you think is smart. Fail, try again, fail, try again, and keep trying. That shit is whack as fuck. When I was broke, I never had broke mentality. If I seen somebody sipping some shit that was out of my price range, I'm like, all right, that's cool. Yo, I'm going to get there, you know? And sure enough, the fuck I did. So I'm just letting you know, man, that shit is whack as fuck. I do not condone that shit. Is, that's just corny. Like, yo, they say, um, you know, you shouldn't expect much out of life. Like, what? fuck are you talking about? I expect a whole lot. I demand more, I demand a better life I still demand a better life And when I said that tweet yesterday About how I haven't reached any of my career goals That shit was 100% serious I haven't, right? And I'm still good And if I don't, I'm good But that's because I aimed so fucking high right? Anyways guys, I love you guys This is probably one of my most favorite episodes I know I say that every so often But out of 155 episodes I think I've said it less than 5 times All right. And as we get along, I'm starting to figure this out a lot more. And again, like I said, look, I'm busy doing jewelry. I'm busy making things. I'm busy with other shit, with, you know, developing my brand, you know, gold fridges and all kinds of shit that I got coming out. I'm a fucking dad of three kids. There's a pandemic going on, but podcasting is where I find my release. Okay. I love you guys, man. Please keep subscribing. And uh, this weekend, you know, obviously Super Bowl Sunday, we're gonna be watching the game uh, Sunday morning, gonna hit Malibu, like I said. But tomorrow, for like 36 hours, we're gonna head up the coast in the RV, of course. You know, the kids love the RV. And I told you it's the best purchase in the last few years of mine. And uh, that's what we're gonna do. So that is it, y'all. Appreciate you guys. Remember to always tell a friend to tell a friend about VTB. If you guys didn't know, this is professional podcasting, alright? This is a Dust Brothers production, by the way. Shout out to Miles and Jordan. You two motherfuckers, man. I love you guys so much. You don't even know. Obviously, original music by my man Lakey Inspired, who uh there you are. Lakey, come on, man. You already know, dog. Alright. Take us to the crib, Lakey. Alright, everybody. Peace.